Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Welcome to Redemption's Table. We have just stepped away from one of my favorite tables of the year, the Thanksgiving table. This year, because Thanksgiving comes late in the month of November, here we are in the midst of Advent. It is December 2nd. We are already in the Christmas season. I'm excited about what is to come, and I'm especially excited today for our special podcast guest being with us today, Michael Adler. Michael, welcome to the table. Thank you so much. What a, what a fun privilege. You are the worships, Worship Arts Ministry Pastor at mm-hmm. Shades Mountain Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. How long have you been here? You know what? Uh, I'm in my 19th year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we moved here from San Antonio, Texas, and we served there for nine years in a wonderful church called Castle Hills Baptist Church. I know that church, yeah. Yeah, and before that, we were at Bell Shoals Baptist Church in the Tampa area in Florida. And the two of us got off of a bus um, with a group called Truth, and ever since we've been doing this. So you were in Truth? Yeah, Linda and I both. Is it Roger Breland? Mm-hmm. Is that, okay, I yeah. thought I remember that. What, what years were you in Truth? My my first time, um, this is going to immensely date me, but I followed Steve Green, and Steve got off the bus, and I got on the bus at 19 years old. Wow. And uh, I lasted six weeks. And uh, <laughs> the the First of all, the physiology of a 19-year-old male voice mm-hmm. is not ready for what um, that group asked of me. And, and I didn't know that, and neither did Roger Breland, but when he brought me on the bus, I couldn't even talk after about six weeks. I had lost my, it was, it was Im- immensely difficult um, because I felt it coming before anyone else did. Mm-hmm. Of course, when you're a singer, you get up every morning clearing your throat, wondering, does this thing work today? Yeah. <laughs> and, and um being on the bus, I still remember he he sat me down, the two of us together, and he said, uh, this isn't fair to you, and it's not fair to me. And I'll, I'll never forget, there was a kindness in his voice, but there was also a justice and doing the, the right thing. Mm-hmm. And God knew, um, I got off the bus, I mean, day a, a day or two later, and um, quickly got hired by another group okay. to get on another bus. And and it was really, it was my speed um, at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew as a leader, I became the road director, I, I played bass, I sang tenor, I, 
I drove the bus, just everything. Wow. And it was just this wonderful year of equipping and just great. And then I got scouted by uh, the TV producer of the Oral Roberts Television Ministry. And he came to see us in the group that I was in and uh, got a call. They flew me to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I auditioned for them there for their for the Oral Roberts television show. This is in the 80s when, okay. you know, PTL Club, and mm -hmm. there were those network cable um, Christian television things. And I had never heard of Oral Roberts. I, I, was, I grew up Christian Missionary Alliance and Salvation Army, and, okay. you know, I didn't know where I was. But uh, it was an opportunity to sing and to do ministry, and that's since I was a little kid, I knew that's what I was born to do. And little did I know, but my wife of my future was on that campus already. Wow. So we sang uh, for three years uh, with the Oral Roberts television show. Uh, we, we lived in Hollywood two weeks out of the month. They flew us there. We, we worked out of the Barbara Mandrell Studios. Okay. It was actually United Western Studios, but we worked um, with the Barbara Mandrell crew. So she would do two weeks for her variety shows, and they would leave, and we would step into the same space. All of her choreographers, music directors, and camera people, and Sid and Marty Croft were the producers of the show. Wow, HR and Puppet stuff. Exactly, wow. oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were the producers of the thing, and, and this was mainstream television. We had specials, we had you know Christmas, and all, just all kinds of, all kinds of great things. Uh, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans were guests. And, Whoa. And, Whoa. you know, just musical guests and, and sports figures and, and all of us doing our thing. And there is still footage that we share um, from those specials that's quite entertaining. That, <laughs> my, is, that is so cool. <laughs> my kids just crawl under the couch when, <laughs> they, when they know that we're going to play. Let's, let's watch Mom and Dad. You uh, know? I would love to see <laughs> you with uh, Roy, Dale, yeah, and Roy Trigger. Dale. I mean, yeah. man, wow. We got... We have um, my 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 wife's um, was the voice double. Um, that's not true. She was Linda and I were picked out of the group to create scratch tracks for Aretha Franklin and B.J. Thomas, and because they were coming into our setting and didn't know the music we were doing. Okay. So so um, Linda did Aretha, and I did B.J. And then we did a TV special with the two of them. And you know. Wow. So it was. Wow. That's our world. Well, back in 2015, young couple, newlyweds, Tanner and Tori Harris. Yeah. They sing in your choir. Yeah. Tori is now on staff here. Uh -huh. And I know the family was invited to come to Christmas by Candlelight. Wow. And I was blown away. <laughs> I, I was amazed from the very beginning. I have, I have a bachelor of church music. Okay. I have led music programs in the past, we're talking 40 years ago, most of the programs that I have seen, the Christmas worships have tipped the hat to Christmas, but mm -hmm. I have never, ever in my life had an event immerse me in Advent, bring mm -hmm. me into the story mm -hmm. like that first Christmas by candlelight wow. I attended. That was 2015. I've been back every year, 16, 17, 18, looking forward to it. This year yeah. is 19. Wow. And what I was amazed by is the maturity and the depth of every bit of it. Mm. You incorporate film, yeah. sometimes right. video, yeah. and these are not uh, these are not light stories being yeah. told. 
Yeah. Very creative. And yeah. I, I, again, I was like, wow. And when God laid this idea to do this podcast on my heart last year, I immediately thought, who can I invite to who will talk with me? And mm. you were named number three. Wow. That came That's great. to my mind. So I'm ex- I was That's super great. excited to, to wow. be doing this. Christmas by Candlelight. How many years have you been doing that program? Since I began. We, when, okay. when we landed here, um, I, I have followed um, the, the two, my two most recent churches I've served in. I followed a man who served for 24 years in both okay. churches. And, I mean, God just gave me, um, there was an established core of people. There were roots. Uh, in some cases, it's not always the, the best thing because sometimes those roots turn to cement mm-hmm. and you can't budge, you know. Mm-hmm. When, you're the, when you're brought in to be the guy to help bring things into the next generation, mm-hmm. uh, 24 years is a, is a s- solid legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the man I followed here was just a giant and loved God and a dear person. His name was Aubrey Edwards and he's, he's with the Lord now, but man, what a great guy. And so that, that Christmas event tradition was established. He did pageants with a lot of biblical characters mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, at, at, some, at one point live animals and, and that whole thing. And I've, in my, in my career, I've done that in my ministry career when I, when Linda and I finished, when I say finished, when we decided that we wanted to do what we're best at, and mm-hmm. that is telling a story with music, rather than a lot of the peripheral things. We here's how we 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 walked away. We had three living Christmas trees abreast of each other, oh. and a full Christmas pageant in front of it, and the crucifixion and the tomb. That was all in one year in one wow. thing, and you go. Come on, um, and and we are we're just we just. It's not like we streamlined. You've been to our events. It's mm-hmm. not like they're simple no. <laughs> or simplistic, but I think what we've tried to do is shave off a lot of the peripheral. Mm-hmm. And what's the essence of what's it, what's the essence of the birth of Christ? It, it is the free gift of salvation. That's that's the essence of Christmas birth, the birth of Jesus, as we celebrate it. And when you, when you sing a, a line like, Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is intensely beautiful. And it's, and it's, it's revelatory. Mm-hmm. When you can speak that over a room and say, Healing in his wings. Um, Hail the son of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Those are powerful, spirit-filled words and lyrics we can just spill over a room and there's so much more strength in that than in me dressing up like a shepherd trying to to be that guy so we've pulled some of that aside but now we have a really brilliant film team and you've seen that Mm -hmm. this year is so fascinating if you saw the poster when you came in i saw the poster took photos all right so that little village we're gonna it's done we filmed it earlier this week we have, we have people in that space. We have wow. lenses now that are transposing. It's just really <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, you talk about those grand themes or lyrics. I'm, a, I'm drawn to lyrics, and mm-hmm. it's often just a sliver yeah. of, a, of an entire car- carol that, that enraptures me. Oh, my. And, and I've noticed that in, you know, the program Thy Perfect Light. You know, I believe that's 
gosh, you would know which hymn that carol that comes from. Uh, I'd Guide us to that perfect light. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then last year it was come and worship. Uh, You've got all of our programs. I do man. well. I kept them. Yeah, oh, but, I mean, it was gosh. like, oh wow, I want to keep this wow. because what I would do as soon as the the event was over, I would go and I'd look and I'd go, I don't know these songs or wow. a lot of the songs, wow. and I would find them and wow. bring them into my Advent Christmas celebration wow. manifesto, mm-hmm. uh, the song you closed out w- one year, uh, a Christmas Alleluia. Yeah. Living Hope. Last year, you, you brought back a Christmas Hallelujah with mm-hmm. Living Hope. I, I mean, it just there's a lot of memories there. What, when you, you did White Winter Hymnal yes. by Pentatonix, you yeah. changed the words. We did. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I was looking for those words, and I realized that's not what they sang. No, uh, no. So. The, it's uh, the the White Winter Hymnal words are are weird. Um, they are. But we we put our heads together here, and a couple of the girls on our staff actually came up with those lyrics. Um, Abby and Linda both put that together, and it was just so delightful because the white that that melody is so yeah. so Fleet Foxes did the, the the tune, and it was it's such a catchy catchy melody, and to be able to capture it the way Pentatonix did, yeah. but with redemptive words was really fun. Yeah, it was great. It was a great opener. Yeah, was good. Uh, I was here when the alarm went off too. Right during <laughs> it that year, uh, but Man, you kept right on. Flawless. You got so, you. Wow, yeah. you're you're in it. Um, I can ask you questions. What did we do in 2017? I, oh, I don't know. I've got look at the program. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, the, another memorable moment is Logan Creasy when he's leading the, the youth choir and blending together God Rest You Merry Gentlemen and uh, oh, um, Lift Your Head. Oh, yeah. And he centers and he started yeah. out with that guitar solo. It's just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So yeah. How, do you, how do these songs find you? And I put it that way. Songs find me. I don't necessarily find them, but mm-hmm. they come. They come to me. How do these songs find you? How does how, do, how does all this come together? And then the songs that you bring into this, how do you weave them into the tapestry of worship? Mm-hmm. Well, look around you in my office. You see stacks and mm-hmm. stacks of boxes, and those are that's all music, and that's that's sent to me by publishers, and then the internet is this vast supply that's the that's the greatest challenge material it's not that there's a shortage of it mm-hmm. um, the challenge is to find strong stuff with good legs under it mm-hmm. stuff that will stand the test of time or that will capture the hearts part of what you do when you do what i do is to capture the imagination of, of the audience it's i mean we consider how, how walt disney wanted to to um, do something that would draw people's imagination to a moment and then tell a story. Mm-hmm. And in order to tell a story and allow it to land, you got to capture the person's imagination first. And so so unapologetically, some of what we do is to entertain and to, to have somebody in the pew want to lean forward. Oh my, what a... And then... And then throw the lyric, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Mm. And we've, we've won. We, yeah. We've accomplished what we want to do. But so we, I'm, I'm on a search all the time for something that will stimulate me. Mm-hmm. Me first. Because if it, if it moves my heart, I've, I've decided long ago I'm not that different than the, the guy in the pew. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to turn my heart, it's going to turn theirs. But if it doesn't turn mine, I can't turn it into something that's going to 
touch other people. Yeah. And, and my people feel it on me. I'm almost disingenuous if I'm trying to sell a song that I'm not really crazy about. Yeah. Oh, sorry, throw that away. Let's do something that I can really get my, sink my teeth into. Yeah. I like the word disingenuous. Yeah. I use that word all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm currently reading Andrew Peterson's book, Adorning the Dark. Are yes. you familiar? I'm, I know Andrew Peterson, but okay. not the book. Uh, a tremendous book. Just yeah. came out about a month ago. Okay. And he writes in there, he's talking about He's talking about writing or putting together any creative effort. He says the way to push yourself into new territory isn't about pushing yourself as much, much as it is allowing yourself to be pulled along. And then he talked about how he had a conversation with Sally Lloyd-Jones on entering a new project. And her response was, I feel like I'm following clues. Do you feel that way as you're seeking out music? Well, um Yes, I, I do. I, I also feel like um, I often start with the end goal and work myself to that. I'll draw two dots and then create the line that goes that joins the dots together. If I want to go to this, I'm I'm excited for you. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do, mm-hmm. but the way we're going to close um, this year's Christmas at Shades. Um, and it's the thing you mentioned a, a moment ago, how I, I will fold in another song into a, another mm-hmm. moment. Um, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna stir you. Yeah, I, and I'm glad you're not gonna tell me because to mm-hmm. me, this is not just coming and listening to music. This is, as you said, storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, telling a story. Yeah. And it's very much like walking into, and this is, to me, this would be a trite comparison, to, to equate worship with a movie event, but it's like walking into a movie. I prefer not to even know what the trailer is and right. just kind of get a hint of what right. it's about and then be in awe. Mm-hmm. And to me, this type of worship is, mm-hmm. is that way. There's right. surprise contained yeah. within. So that's yeah. cool you're not gonna tell me. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a collaborative effort oh, because yes. of all the people involved. How do you prepare and lead your team for each year's event? Uh, there are, I, I lead a group, um, the Worship Arts Ministry group is about 14 or 15 of us that, that I lead. Um, not every one of them, and this is not to slight anybody, but not every one of them is the idea person mm-hmm. that some of them are just wonderful facilitators of ideas. So early in the process, it kind of me sitting at my space and then I'll begin pretty soon after that in a collaborative effort with two or three or four people and and it helps me to to bounce ideas off of people I've had some really dumb ideas over the over the years and some of them have made it all the way to the stage (laughs) (laughs) most of them most of them that are dumb ideas get caught in the filter of of those conversations You know, and and uh, there are some ideas that, that my team will still let me not forget. But as a rule, the collaborative part, um, I, I try to be deliberate about the different ages that I work with. Mm-hmm. I, I really want 20-somethings in my space, um, and 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 I want people that, that think on my, my um, seasoned mm-hmm. level, um, but I want those different demographics to speak to the moment. What will this say? What will this say um, to your friends? Mm-hmm. Um, then we'll then we start to create. 
Okay. And that collaborative thing. I like collaboration much better than going it alone. It's lonely, man. If you yeah. if you have to be the only guy with a good idea, whoo, that'll, that'll wear you out. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you, had you ever taken any risky steps where you're like, I'm not sure this is going to fly with the, the, oh, yeah. the audience, the congregation, the participants. Yeah. And have you had one that you weren't sure about? You proceeded anyway, and it turned out to be... Well, I'll tell you a couple places where, yeah. where I was able to step in. to my I, when, I, when you lead creatives, oh my gosh, that's, it's like herding cats. And <laughs> not only are you helping to, to cull their ideas, but you also have to be protective of their feelings because creative people are are feeling people. Mm-hmm. We we get paid, you know, to feel, to sense, and to create around that. So if you tell someone that their idea that they've they've just birthed is not probably the best idea, we may not do that. Mm-hmm. You also got to be ready to clean up the mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. on aisle three when <laughs> when they just fall apart because yeah. you didn't you didn't do their thing. Okay. So. Um, I don't know where, where your question was, but that was how, how I, I probably would tend to... It was about risk, you know, taking risk. Oh, thank risk. you. So the risk. I, one year we did um, um, a pretty epic work called Savior, and it's, it's um, an oratorial like, like Handel's Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, there is a song about the Garden of Eden, and... and um, in the Garden of Eden, there is a beautiful scene where, where um, God is talking to Adam, and it's, it's gorgeous. And we had the idea of, of doing a scrim with um, Adam and Eve meeting in the garden. Mm-hmm. And, the, and so we hired a couple of, of um, professional dancers in, in Texas where, mm-hmm. where I was working um, to take that, that scene behind this scrim. And in our first night of rehearsals, the the moment came, and our guys were singing, and it was beautiful. And 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 Adam stepped in into the scene in the scrim, and then Eve stepped into the scene, and they looked like they were completely naked. Mm-hmm. And and we can't do that. We can't. Mm-hmm. We can't yeah. Like you can't have naked people. Yeah. I said I know they were. So one of my creatives came and said they were naked in the garden, and I said there weren't two thousand people watching them in the garden. <laughs> we're not doing this. We can't have naked people. So all and she wasn't naked. She had a a, a dance um, leotard on, mm-hmm. but but when when the lighting only did silhouettes, that's all you saw. Yeah. So all we had to do was put a little implied skirt, mm-hmm. a little grass skirt idea on her so that the shadows told that story and suddenly were totally fine. Home free. Yeah. yeah. So that was, a, that was a moment that could have been pretty big, could yeah. have been pretty hard. Have you ever had an imaginative idea for Candlelight for Christmas that you felt like was an epiphany? Like, oh, wow. Have you? Oh, yeah. I hope I have a lot of those, yeah. I, and I, I hope that God continues to give them to me because it's when when that idea comes, it's it's those places where I cannot wait to put this uh, out there. I, you know, and if if those don't come, then I probably should do something else yeah. for a living, and that's it's what I count on from the Lord in my in my head space. There is always many, many tracks running, and that's 
I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but mm -hmm. there are days when I wish there were a few less tracks running. But in my head, there are melodic ideas just bouncing off of each other all the time. And sometimes they will collide in this most beautiful way, and I'll run to a, a pad and write, write down, if I did this, and I hooked it to this, and tied it to that, and oh my gosh. So the choir knows that I call that my laboratory. Well, I'll use them as my lab, and I'll, I'll have something scratched out, um, and and this I'll hand this out in a rehearsal, mm -hmm. and I'll go, guys, um, sing this for me. I, want, I need to hear what this sounds like. Wow. And and when it's over, uh, it's either uh, oh man, this is a great thing, or they'll never hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> when I, when the rehearsal's over, I'll throw it away. Okay. I'll go to something else. Um, I read this yesterday, reading Mark Batterson's Double Blessing, and he said something in the process of the book, he said, God doesn't just want to be worshiped out of left brain memory, referring to the songs we know really, really well and we can stand and sing them without even thinking about them. Yes. He doesn't just want to be worshiped out of left brain memory, he wants to be worshiped out of right brain imagination. Hmm. And I was like, oh, it's so good. Wow. Uh, your response to that. I mean, and I see evidence that you're, you do both and blend them both well. Well, you know, um, that is, that's fantastic. Right-brained imagination. It's a really great way to say it, especially for people who wouldn't understand the words um, in, in different... I've served in five denominations, mm -hmm. Linda okay. and I, and they're across the spectrum. Once saved, always saved, never saved, you know, <laughs> lose your salvation, gain your salvation, speak in tongues, don't speak in tongues. He, all of them. We've, we've been across the board and we have just delightful, godly, wonderful people who believe adamantly in each of those things. Mm -hmm. And God just put us in these wonderful places. So um, to use, use what you said in a different language, um, the charismatic church would say we're worshiping in the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and a church that's more, more um, liturgical or more structured is is they love the spirit and truth part mm -hmm. of of that, and and we we are able to to straddle that space. So I have to do little tricks to help the people who are so structured that they think it's that we've let the horses loose out of the gate and something's gone wrong and we're not. This is not. You know, all in, they use the word order to, mm -hmm. and they beat the word order to to death. Mm -hmm. um, so my charismatic friends and and I, I really, I really love that place, and 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 I think I'm grateful for the place God put us. We're we really truly are to have gone to college in in charismatic mecca of the '80s. Mm -hmm. Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, that whole thing was our. Our world. Neither of us had come from that environment. Linda yeah. and I had come, and I really feel like God put us there. We're we're several not we were several notches ahead of the evangelical church moving in to a more free worship mm -hmm. format, and we got a head start. Yeah, and then we came out of there having distilled the things that we were going to take with us and the things that we thought maybe are going to stay. Yeah. Um, but to, to Batterson's phrase, there's a great example where we're, um, we're ending one of the pieces um, in this year's Christmas production. 
and it ends with a very structured Alleluia. And in my mind, the word Alleluia in heaven is going to be so layered, and it's going to feel like this giant cavern of echoes just spilling and spilling over and over and bouncing off the walls. And that's going to be, that's going to be the noise floor. Just this wow. constant Alleluia. That's what heaven feels like to me. And so to have it just on, on beat one, I think we can do something different with that. So I took what was in print and I created this little echo, echoed Alleluia. So we end this song with this long diminishing, layer, diminishing layers of Alleluias that we took off the page and I made into, I almost have to take the mechanics of a structured thing and use the mechanics to create an unstructured thing, but it's still mechanical if you're having to read the notes, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm, I, ex I'm excited about what's coming. Yeah. I'm even more, more excited here yeah. to talk about it's it. Good. Uh, it's good. Uh, film, how is this woven in? Uh, again, the depth of, of those stories, these are stories that C.S. Lewis could be writing, and yet they're, wow, they're, they, they just hit at a deeper level. Yeah. Than your average Christian film, yeah, mature level. I've already yeah. used both those words earlier, yeah. but well, I, um, I, I can't take I can't take credit for for um, the final product. I I am really indebted to my team, mm -hmm. and I have I have some folks on this team who have been given different gifts than I have. I, I just want to surround myself with people that are better than I at lots of things. And together we can, I'm, I'm, I'm be the, the conductor, but man, there's a lot of people on board that, that do really great work. Yeah. And so the film side of it is not only led by people who are excellent at the, the craft of, of creating things and editing, and but they're excellent at, um, the craft of telling a good story. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a learning curve there too. Those, there are risks in that. Mm -hmm. there, there are risks in that that are maybe more tangible than they would be in music because um, music is organic. You, you sculpt music as it's coming out. And that's why I tell my, my musicians and my singers, that's why they call it music and not math. Mm -hmm. This isn't math. A plus B doesn't always equal C in music. We may slow this down or speed this up or change the, the key or the tone or the pitches. We can do, it's, it's organic. Every time it comes out, we better be creating as we go and make, make it, make it um, exude the, the lyrical dynamic of what we want to say. What do you want to tell in this song? Um, and in film, and when it's cut and edited and boom, there it is, mm -hmm. it's a big risk. Yeah. Um, and then you just sit and wait uh, to see how your audience responds. Mm -hmm. And our guys have taken hard risks uh, with some tough topics. Mm -hmm. yeah. some, place, some topics that had to stay on the cutting floor, they were, they were too hard. Yeah. Um, but others that we let go. And it wasn't without fallout in some cases, honestly. But at the same time, um, um, there was there was a restorative message, I think, mm -hmm. to a, a key audience that that I think God helped, allowed us to craft that for a key element of our audience. It wasn't for everybody, right? To be honest, yeah. 
Um, and this year, um, this year is very scripture driven, but it also is real world driven. So you'll see, you'll see a tangible sense of of the narrative following scripture, but also deliberately stepping into what is life like now. How does this? What does this mean for for us right now? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled about that yeah. part. But our film guys are brilliant. We're doing a thing in January, the twenty on a Monday, the 27th of January. I saw that on your website today. Yes. I want to come. Oh, man. Two parallel tracks. One for singers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having a guest, Diane Sheets, come, mm-hmm. um, who is kind of the voice guru of, of um, Nashville. Mm-hmm. She's Lauren Daigle and Danny Gokey wow. and Natalie Grant's voice coach. Um, casting crowns, Mark Hall. Mm. She's on the bus with these guys, wow. helping. Mark Hall had, had nodules, um, had surgery, and she um, brought him back. Wow. With, she's wonderful. So she'll be doing a track all day and into the evening for singers, mm-hmm. and I'll be part of that. And Ethan Milner, our visual arts mm-hmm. director that heads all the film side, will be heading um, another half for film people. Okay. People who want to take the craft of film of video in their churches and tell the gospel story and use it for the gospel. That's awesome. Oh, it's wonderful. That's awesome. Looking forward and, to that. Oh, it's going to be so fascinating and he's a very good teacher. Yeah. He's very, very good. Yeah. I'll try to be there for that. It'll be great. Can you describe the correlation between your own personal worship and leading others in worship? Like, and my only a witness to you leading in worship comes at Candlelight by Christmas because I'm down in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. But I, I, again, I know there's got to be a correlation there between the time you spend alone with the Lord and then the time how you lead others mm-hmm. before the Lord. Um, I had a guy yesterday, I was walking down the hall and he called me a walking jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> there is, and I, and I, I don't, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to take credit for any of this. I mean, some of some of what I am is just how I've been crafted. But there is a melody in me all all the time, mm-hmm. and and it's not like I said when when it's a small world is in your head and you're mm-hmm. stuck with that. It's not a pretty side. <laughs> <laughs> Earworms, what they call that. Oh now. my gosh! <laughs> uh, but there are there there are more hours of the day where. There is a there is a worship hook just just in me in my bones, and God is using it um, to build a case for something. Another another element of that is that I have a sense, and I have all my adult life, starting on Monday, that I'm heading toward a Sunday. I'm heading toward a Sabbath, mm-hmm. and and God has put me in a place where I am to lead. And I, I have that sense of responsibility for that. I've always had that. Mm-hmm. It's no longer angst. You know, when I first started, it's like, can I do this? You know, but it's not angst anymore. It's, it's, um, it's a privilege. It's a high calling. And it's what I was made to do. And so Monday and Tuesday comes. Wednesday, I get a chance to... Um, give that that I've created a world with some singers and players. Thursday, I'm sort of massaging any changes I need to make. Mm-hmm. And then Friday and Saturday, I, I like to work with my hands, so I'm typically doing manual things those days. 
and the entire time I'm doing that, um, that stuff is recycling in my head. Oh. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting on the Lord uh, for a word, and, and, and typically it comes from life. Um, I'm, um, I want to have my antennas up all the time. Yeah. That God is saying something through that moment. What, what is he saying? Yeah. Or, and then it, 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 gets, it typically gets manifested in a song. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a good rhythm of life mm-hmm. that you have there. Mm-hmm. And of course, your closing comments or final comments right there feed right into this. You've had a lot on your plate in 2019. Uh, I originally approached you earlier in the year, and I'm thankful you said no because you had a lot going on. But and for us to have this time now, especially here one week before Christmas by candlelight, I'm yeah. like that's perfect timing. How do you keep worship at the forefront of it all? With with um, and again, I think maybe you've already answered that in one way, because uh, you're drawing from life yeah. and bringing that into worship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I just know this year has been a challenging year. Yeah. You know, um, I just came from I came to this time with you from being on a panel discussion with about 30 or 40 um, younger people, they're all in adult life, many with families, young families, who feel a sense of there's a next step toward ministry for Mm -hmm. them. Some of them are in seminary, and one of them walked up to me and said, "Um, thank you for the way you make worship human. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I think I think there was a time in my life where God just gave me a, a vision of what what I was supposed to be um, in context of a, a, the, a platform position. It's a weird thing to be a person who gets on a platform in front of people every week. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, and it's ugly the dynamic between being self-serving and being serving of others and you're the guy on the stage mm-hmm. with the lights pointed to them or the microphone on them it is um, it's a precarious place to be um, so you've got to always be aware of that um, f- first of all but I think what what I felt like God showing me was that um, no one deserves a pedestal um, every every man and every woman was born in sin, and we all have feet of clay. Yeah. And every one of us, like the the the, the hymn says, is prone to wander. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, and we're inches from stupid all the time. Yeah. So, if that's the case, don't pretend to be something something else. Yeah. God's given me an anointing. I know that, and He's given me tools. I know that, but everything else. We're all on the same pond together, yeah. trying to keep our heads above water and making dumb choices and saying wrong things and treating people poorly. All the things that are just part of our flesh and a part of being fallen man. So I'm going to bring that, too, to the yeah. platform. I'm not, it's not, I'm not there to, to just clean my laundry. Mm-hmm. But the humanity part of it just reminds me and the person in the second row, we're in this together. Yeah. Let's let's fight this battle together. And I don't 
I don't let myself down that way. Mm-hmm. And, I, and hopefully, um, hopefully people are putting me in a brother posture rather than a anything else posture, right. whatever that else could be. Wow. That's good. Yeah. That's rich. Yeah. Good insight that the yeah. young man brought to you, but also yeah. that you followed up with there. Who inspires you, Michael? Well, I said something on this panel today that um, they, the question was, what do you do by way of boundaries in, in ministry? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure the question was about, you know, how to treat women and, and um, children and all the things that are the buzzwords of the day. But my mind went to um, a different, different sort of boundary. And when you say, what inspires me? The, the truth of this is in ministry that in a family setting, if, if you were a spouse or a parent uh, in ministry, someone in that circle led the charge and said, this is what we are going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to be church people. We're going to be in ministry. And more often than not, the rest of the group went along. I mean, that's my, my children didn't come out of the womb saying, let's be a pastor's kids. <laughs> Nor did mine. And, and my <laughs> wife didn't marry a minister. Yeah. She, I was in insurance. I was a musician, really? and I sold insurance early on. But, but they didn't choose this. So what inspires me is that group of people who are still loving and supporting and respecting and being in my on the bus with me that's 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 really inspiring to me and so they they talked about boundaries today and i said um as much as my family has been immersed in my stuff Mm -hmm. my life I want to be, my boundaries are, I am going to be deliberate in getting into their world. I've gone to the strangest places with my sons to listen to music, to listen to their music. I love it. The strangest, seediest places. And boys, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. I love and, it. But, but I want to be with them. Yeah. I want to do, I want to be interested in things that they're interested in. I have gone to more fabric stores than most men that I know with my wife. I know Laura Ashley, back when Laura Ashley's stuff was everything. I've been, and dishes and the stuff that Linda loves. I've been in those places so much. But it's because I, I have great, these people inspire me that yeah. they're along, they're along with me. Uh, for for that purpose, so that's really probably my greatest inspiration is my family. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and your world has been greatly expanded because of it. Big time. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Last year, this is how everything came to a close in 2018. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore, for endless days. We will sing your praise. Oh Lord, oh Lord, our God. Yep. Final question, who is Jesus to you? Jesus has set the table for me to do life here. And he has brought me the greatest honor by allowing allowing me a place 
on this earth to call people to him. Wow. Yeah. It's a great honor and yeah. that's and that is that's it and that's the essence of it. What a what a gift to be called by the Lord God to do what I do. Yeah. And we're recording these words a few days before Thanksgiving. And uh, what, again, add that to our Thanksgiving list mm -hmm. to have the, this honor. Yeah. yeah. Well, God's worship and spirit through you shines brightly. And I've told you that. Maybe the very first year I came up, I know I've talked to you each year on that stage after Christmas by candlelight because, again, wasn't so much the presentation as the presence of those leading as well. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Very impactful. This year's Christmas by Candlelight, what date is it for those listening? Sunday, uh, December 8th, 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock. Okay. If you can pick between uh, one or the other, go to the, the second one, the 6 o'clock one. Um, it's just to the seams in both, but there's a, f a few... It's a little more room in the yeah. second second time. I come to the six p.m. I want the night. I want to go out into oh, you know night yeah. after experience. Good call. That. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I like that. It it really it 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 gets me in the Advent season. Amen. So you'll be listening to this podcast. Those who are tuned in on Monday, December second. If you live anywhere in the Birmingham area or all the way down to Montgomery, or Huntsville, or Tuscaloosa, Anniston, even in Atlanta. I don't know where you are, but I, of all the Christmas events that I have witnessed through the years, there is, and I'm, I'm just sharing as a spectator, there is nothing that I've been to that has struck me as deeply, and I'm grateful wow. uh, for the opportunity to share this time. Thank you, Robert. I hope there'll be some more conversations, because I feel like you and I could keep on talking, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, especially about worship and, and other things. But thank you, Michael, for coming to the table today. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what God does. I'm grateful for what He's doing with you. You're, you have such fortitude and drive and commitment to the body of Christ, and I just want to commend you. So let's continue to see what God does through your work. Thank you for that. Thank Amen. you. Thank you, my brother. Glad to do it. All right, man.